welcome everybody to the Locked Up Podcast. And today, Bernie Boy joins the show. Brandon Burnstill, LockedUp.com analyst, is joining the show to talk about our preseason award prediction. And also, we got some bold predictions for the upcoming 2021 season. Bernie, happy to have you. How are you doing, buddy? Uh, good. How about yourself, Robbie? Hey, I'm doing great. Uh, If you missed out on Monday's episode, I sat down with Zach Goodman to recap the 2019-2020 season. And upcoming on Friday, I'm going to talk to Kira Jensel uh, to preview the 2021 volleyball season. Give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at Locked Up Podcast so you don't miss anything. And uh, let's get right into it. We're going to start with predicting the 2021 awards starting with the men's player of the year prediction and Bernie, I know you did a lot of research on this one. Who do you see as the men's player of the year? Uh, for the men's player of the year, I went with Matt Mulhern. He's on the base on the baseball team. And it was kind of just because uh, the past three years, it seems like he's been a leader on the team. He's thrown the most aims on the team the past three seasons. His ERA just keeps steadily improving each year. It was down to a 1.93 last year. And, be, and if he stays on track to where he's been, he could be down to like a 1.5 or 1.6 this year, and that'd be insane. Yeah, he's been absolutely dominant. And you talk about a team that really thrives on their pitching. I mean, this staff is three or maybe four deep, and Mulhern's the leader of that. You know, you and I, Bernie, were talking before the show that you want to talk about a guy who could be the next Josh Fleming and potentially get drafted. I mean, this could be it. You know, this, he's, this, would, this would be the guy. Yeah, he's gotten. You know, you talk about his. You just listed his numbers, Bernie. I was talking to Zach Goodman on Monday, and he's gotten even better over over the extended off season. Uh, he's added a couple mile an hour to his fastball. His slider is all dominant, and he does not walk anybody under a walk per nine in the 2019 season. I mean, this guy. He just goes out there, throws strikes, overpowers hitters. And I'll tell you what, Bernie, I wasn't sure about the player of the year prediction uh, that he was going to be men's player, but I think that you made a good choice. Some of the honorable mentions, Burns. Some of the honorable mentions, we got Ben Swords, also plays baseball. We got Wim Brown Jr. from the basketball team. Rodson and uh, Etienne. Yeah, Rodson yeah. Etienne. Yeah, him. And Amon Mervin from the soccer team. Yeah. And Ben Swords, you know, he is probably the best hitter on the baseball team. Um, and you talk about the baseball team being probably the most accomplished Webster sports team. That to me was the number one runner up. Um, talk about Ben a little bit, Bernie. Um, ben, Ben's one of those hitters that's a very, he's a very talented hitter. He's an all around hitter, can do everything right. And something like I just think that this season, his power numbers, his power numbers start coming back to him. And, you know, I think he'll really thrive this season and help carry that Webster baseball team. Yeah, Win Brown Jr. Another honorable mention. You know, Jr. He's a sophomore and he just added a spark to that basketball team when he entered the lineup, kind of toward the beginning of last year's season, and he absolutely just dominated. And you know, you talk about Josh Johnson being gone, Enrique Tankins is gone. Jordan Clay is gone. Wynn Brown's probably going to be the primary point scorer, and he has the opportunity to have a big season. Love that for an honorable mention. Rodson Etienne, of course, the you know big leader coming back. 
the senior on the team. I expect him to have a big season. And then, of course, Amon Mervin, the goal score leader last year. Um, I think for a men's soccer team that's trying to get back to being a slack contender every year, Amon Mervin's going to have to have a big year uh, as one of their forwards. Moving right along, the women's player of the year, and I'm going to go with this one with Naomi Johnson. And J.C. Morgan has graduated from the women's basketball team. You look at their roster right now, Addie Beesink is probably the lead scorer on the team, and I think she's the lead threat when other teams are looking about how to stop the women's basketball team. So that, to me, leaves open Naomi Johnson, who, when they're trying to take away Addie in the paint, Naomi Johnson is just going to drill those outside threes over and over again. Her three-point percentage improved from um, 358 her uh, sophomore year to 393 in her junior year. And I think she's going to come out and be an absolute beast from the perimeter. And also, I think she's going to take more of those mid-range opportunities. J.C. Morgan really was the mid-range kind of weapon for the women's basketball team. So now Naomi Johnson, I think, is going to have to be a more diverse score because it's going to be easy for teams to take away B-Sync in the paint and then Johnson on the outside. But if Johnson's really versatile with her shots, I think she could just rack up points on points on points and really lead this uh, women's basketball team to another successful season. Some honorable mentions. Addie Beesink, like I mentioned earlier, of course, dominant in the paint. She's probably still going to be the lead scorer, but I just think that she's such a big weapon that other teams are going to want to take her away. So I think Naomi Johnson has the opportunity to kind of outplay Addie, at least be more impactful in that sense. Lauren Bork, of course, the lead scorer on the women's volleyball team. Jordan Landy, one of the top options in women's soccer. Taryn Banfield, the standout freshman goalie from last year, I think is an honorable mention for the Women's Player of the Year. And then, of course, Abby Burrows, the standout hitting senior for the softball team. Let's move right along to the men's defensive player of the year prediction. I went ahead and went with this one as well. And Bernie, I'm going to take the guy who's playing defense behind Matt Mulhern and Matt Staker. If you look at this Webster pitching staff, they're really not a bunch of guys who are going to just strike out the field. You know, they're not going to go through a lineup and strike out 10, 12 every game. So Matt Staker is going to be that rock defensively at shortstop for the men's baseball team. And Bernie, I'll tell you what, you know, I was only able to go to a couple men's uh, baseball games last year before they got shut down. I probably watched maybe three or four live and those three or four games, I saw Matt Staker make six or seven plays that just were, you know, mind blowing that plays. I don't know if anybody makes each individual one of them, much less, I don't know who makes all six of them. So I think he's going to be an impact defender behind a pitching staff that likes to pitch to contact, doesn't like to walk guys. I think Matt Staker is going to be really the key defensively for them. What do you think, Bernie? Well, and I know it's a defensive war. You talked about his defense a lot, and I believe you, but in 2019, he was still a 330 hitter. You know, he contributes on both sides of the ball, I think. I think he's just a great all-around player. Yeah, Staker, definitely one of the most impactful players on that team and maybe even one of the most underrated player. You know, everybody talks about Ben Swords. Everybody talks about Kyler Kent, but I think Matt Staker kind of floats under the radar as an impact guy. Couple honorable mentions for defensive player of the year, Rodson Etienne, I think, you know, we talked about him in the men's player of the year award honorable mentions. And I think he's just as impactful on defense. 
you know, Enrique Tankins was really the guy that everybody talked about as the, I mean, I think he won defensive player of the year last year. So he was the big defender in the paint this year. I don't know who's going to replace Tankins. So it's kind of going to be more Etienne's responsibility to play defense interiorly. But I don't know that Etienne is a defensive player in itself. That's why I decided to give it to Matt Staker. Another honorable mention, Justin Kohler was one of the top defenders on the men's soccer team this year. And I think he's going to play a big role in, again, trying to get them back to Slyak tournament contention. Bernie, let's move right along to the women's defensive player of the year. And who do you got for this one? For this award, you talked about her offense a little bit. I'm going to focus on our defense. You got Addie B-Sync from the women's basketball team. Um, like you said, in 2019, she led, she did lead the team in points per game in 2019 with 13.7. But if you look at her defensive stats, defensive stats in the past couple of years, in 2018, she led the team in rebounds, and she was tied first team in blocks with 16. In 2019, she led the team by 74 rebounds and led the team, doubled anybody else's number in blocks when she had 36 blocks on the team. So she's obviously this year, I think, with a couple, couple more stars leading, she will be the person really on both sides of the ball for the basketball team. Yeah, and you talk about defensively. You know, we've talked about J.C. Morgan is really the big one that's graduating. And J.C., one of the top stealers of all time in Webster history, her being gone, I think is going to allow more of these uh, shooters to really get inside toward B-Sync, which is just going to add more opportunities for her to get blocks, to get even some steals, and then to get rebounds on the other side. So I think she could just compile a monster season defensively. And really, Bernie, I think she was a snub for, for second team, maybe even first team all-conference last year. I mean, yeah, when you when you have 36 blocks and next closest, your team, next closest person on your team is 19, I think, I think you got snubbed a little bit. Addie B-Sync was third-team all-conference. I expect huge things from her this year. Really, I expect huge things from the women's basketball team as a whole. We'll get into that more a little bit later. Some honorable mentions, Taryn Banfield, again, the standout freshman goalie last year. Uh, I think if she has the same year that she did as a freshman, I think she's easily could be the defensive player of the year for uh, women's sports. But it's going to be tough to replicate that. You know, every team has seen her now once for the entire season. And really, it was just a standout year. I don't know if she's going to be able to replicate that. A uh, couple other honorable mentions, Kira Gensel and Tori Chicolero, both are the top two candidates to replace uh, Kristen Farah at Libero. I think if we knew which of them were going to play Libero, maybe they could make a case to be the defensive player of the year. But I just don't know who it's going to be. Mary Graff has kept that information really close to the vest. Uh, and maybe even she doesn't know who's going to be the Libero this year. Um, so Gensel and Chicolero, I think both of them will have solid seasons. I think whichever one is the libero is going to be, have a real case for this award when we're talking about it at the end of the year, but we just don't know enough yet, you know, going into that. And then of course you have Ariana Arias, uh, for a softball pitcher who is probably the best pitcher on that softball team. I think she could make a case for defensive player of the year. Uh, obviously we're putting pitchers in the defensive category, um, so we'll see a lot of candidates for this award. Bernie, I think you made a good pick with Addie B-Sync. And we can move right along, Bernie, to your pick for men's freshman player of the year. All right. The pick for the freshman player of the year is Landon Vale from the baseball team again. Um, last year, he kind of – it was a shortened season because of COVID, you know, and all. He kind of got to, I guess you would say, test out the college world. 
He batted 318 with 340 on base. But if you go back to his high school numbers, his senior year of high school, he batted 547 with 11 extra base hits and 23 stolen bases. And those extra base hits, eight of those were triples with one home run. So he's got power. It seems like he's got speed. I mean, I don't really see where at the plate you can go wrong with Landon Vale. Yeah, and Landon, he's a guy who could find himself batting near the top of that Webster lineup. Uh, you look at, you know, Adam Lilville, who batted leadoff for the majority of last season. Landon Vale probably could slot into that two-hole, and Bernie, he never strikes out. Yeah, he, no, he does not strike out. Uh, so I could see him, you know, he got his first little taste of college baseball hitting 318. I mean, I could see him hitting close to 340, 350, Bernie. What do you think? Oh, I think by going off just his high school senior stats, I feel like now that he's been in college baseball now for another year, he's got that freshman eligibility again, I feel like we can see him really go back to what we saw in high school and those type of numbers. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're if we're talking long-term Landonville, not just this year, I mean, he could be a candidate to break the all-time hit record or the all-time batting average record because he, he's going to be a four-year starter. I mean, if he's starting yeah. ready as his freshman year, he's going to be a four-year starter he could really rack up those hits really quickly. couple honorable mentions here, Levi Hall of the baseball team, Mark Moore of the basketball team, and Jason Coleman. You know, freshman of the year is a tough award to predict, especially right now, you know, with practices being closed and, you know, us not really getting a lot of information on the freshman. I've talked to some of the guys. I think Mark Moore, a basketball player, could get some varsity minutes this year, but I don't think anything's kind of set in stone for that basketball roster. So I think Landon Vale having the opportunity to play already really gives him an advantage to win the men's freshman of the year. Let's move on to the women's freshman of the year prediction. And this one, you know, we talked about a little bit. I think the one of the biggest things for predicting freshman of the year is opportunity. And because a lot of freshmen aren't coming in as, as regular starters. My choice for this award is going to be Alexis Wolf, and she may not be a starter to start the season. I think she should be. She may not be a starter to start the season, but I think she could be absolutely dominant from the moment she steps on the court. She's a six-foot lefty on a women's volleyball team that is in desperate need of somebody who can come out and consistently create kills behind Lauren Bork. You know, the problem with the volleyball team this year, if you're looking at it, and we're going to talk about this more on Friday when Kira Gensel joins the show, but if you're looking at the volleyball team right now, the biggest hole for them is who's going to get kills if the defense is sending two blockers at Lauren Bork. Because that's probably is going to be what's going to happen. Jordan Price is gone. Sam Cruzy has gone. Even um, even their right side, I, I can't remember her name right now, excuse me, Her right, their right side is gone. I don't know who's going to step up and be the second scoring option for the Webster volleyball team unless it's Alexis Wolf. She's a very decorated high school player. She won tournament MVP awards. She was the player of the year, her junior year at her high school. She is dominant at the net, and I think she could come out and just destroy the Slia Conference because Early on, teams are going to send two blockers at Lauren Borg. There's nobody else who can score on the Webster volleyball team. So teams are going to put a lot of attention to protecting Bork's rocket arm. I think that'll open up Alexis Wolf, who's playing on the right side as a lefty. So she's a strong side hitter because she's a lefty. 
that's going to open up opportunities for them to just set it up to her and let her just pound it one-on-one with a blocker. I think Alexis Wolf has an awesome opportunity to really be a top scorer, not just as a freshman scorer, but one of the top scorers in general in the Slyak Conference. Uh, I love the Alexis Wolf prediction. A couple honorable mentions, Marissa Eskeldson. I considered going with Eskeldson for this award because she is a really versatile player, which I think could be key for this women's volleyball team that's trying to replace five starters. Eskeldson can really play all six rotations around the court. I think she can do a little bit of passing. She can, uh, I don't know if she can block. She's a little short to block, but she can hit. She can pass. She can set. So I think Marissa Skelton could be a player who's very sneakily, very valuable for her team. Other honorable mentions, Jordan Grimes. With her, the the tiebreaker between Alexis Wolf and Jordan Grimes with me is just the opportunity. Jordan Grimes is not going to start this year. She may see some minutes from the bench, but she isn't going to start. She is extremely talented. I expect her to put up big numbers when she's in the game but she's probably not going to start. So to me, that takes a little bit away from her case to be the freshman of the year. Bethany Lancaster and Emily Edderer, a couple other basketball players, both of them, same kind of argument. I don't think they'll see significant minutes in their freshman year, but Bethany Lancaster, especially as a player to keep an eye on for the next coming years for uh, Webster basketball. So let's recap it. For the men's player of the year, Bernie Boy predicted it was going to be Matt Mulhern of the baseball team. The women's player of the year, Naomi Johnson. Men's defensive player, Matt Staker. Women's defensive player, Addie Besink. Men's freshman, Landon Val, Vale. I'm sorry. And uh, women's freshman, Alexis Wolf, is our e- official uh, end of the year predictions for these awards. Bernie, any other notes on that before we move on to some bold predictions? I think you got it all, Robbie. All right, Bernie. I want to hear your level one bold prediction. So the way this is going to work, we made three bold predictions each. Level one, level two, level three. Level one predictions are the least bold. So they're still bold, but uh, there's a pretty decent chance that that could happen. Level two is even more bold. And our level three predictions are things that we think could happen, but very low percentage. It'd It'd be wild. So let's start, Bernie, with your level one bold prediction. Uh, the level one for me is going to be that Kyler Kent breaks his own school record in hits. You know, uh, Kyler, he's a member of the baseball team, of course. He did it as a sophomore. It's 83 hits in one season. He struggled as a junior a little bit. But, you know, I think coming into this season, I think that just because he's such a talented hitter, he does not strike out very often. He can spray the ball around. He's a big He's a big kid. I just think that Ky- – uh, Cam will make a run at his own record again this season. Yeah, and I talked with Zach Goodman about it on Monday. His numbers in the shortened 2020 season weren't that good, but he was absolutely hitting the crap out of the ball. I mean, just mm-hmm. line drive after line drive that were getting caught. And if those start falling, I mean, I agree, Bernie. I could We could see Kent get to 85, maybe even 90. For me, Bernie... My level one bowl prediction is going to be that Lauren Bork is going to lead the entire slack in kills. Bork is the only certified scoring option on the volleyball team right now. What makes me hesitant with this prediction is that a lot of other teams are going to know that and they're going to cover her. But Bork has an absolute rocket of an arm. I think that Mary Graff and the Webster volleyball team wants to give her as many opportunities to hit as they can. 
And we saw Bork lead the team in kills this last season, and she was top 10 in the Slack already with three other capable hitters on the team. Now I think she's really the only established hitter, so I think she has an amazing opportunity to really crush it and and rack up kills and kills on kills, and I think she'll lead the entire Slack. Bernie, your level two bold prediction. All right, level two. Coming from the men's basketball team, we got Rodson, Etienne winning the Slack Player of the Year. Uh, this is another player that just, just does everything well. Full, he plays a full game. Uh, in 2019, he was second on the team in points, second on the team in blocks, and second on the team in steals while getting second team all-conference. Those leaders and all three of those stats are now gone for this season. So I feel like he's going to step up this year, he's going to lead this basketball team, and he will win Slack Player of the Year. I mean, Etienne, he is just – a commander on the court. I mean, some of the biggest highlight plays of the last year, the last two years have been from him. I mean, I just remember in the Slyak tournament championship last year, he went up and, and dunked on this kid and the gym just erupted. I mean, Etienne, he dominates at the paint. I think he's not as bad as a shooter as I think people try to convey that he is. He's actually all right for mid range. Um, so I think he can score outside of just the paint. And I agree, Bernie. I think he's going to be the most valuable player for the men's basketball team. And if the men's basketball team is the best team in the SLAC, obviously the MVP of the best team is probably going to be the MVP of the league. I love the prediction, Bernie. Anything else on that, Tien? Uh, let me just add on to what you said about shooting. He was about a 60, 61% shoot from the field. And he shot about 30, 30% from three. So he really was not a bad shooter. Yeah, and people do not give him the respect that he deserves from the perimeter. Obviously, he's not going to go out and, and shoot like Josh Johnson did last year from three points, but that's not his game. You know, I think that when he's coming at you with the ball, you're going to expect him to charge. He's going to get some wide-open looks from three, and I think he'll take advantage of it. Bernie, I love the pick. My bull prediction is very similar. I think that Taryn Banfield will come out and win the Slack Defensive Player of the Year for women's soccer. We've mentioned it a couple times already in this show. Banfield was an absolutely dominant freshman by far, in my opinion. Well, I guess you could consider Lauren Bork, but in my opinion, it's either Bork or Banfield, who was the freshman of the year uh, for female athletes last year at Webster. She, there's been a goaltending kind of carousel at the women's soccer team, and Banfield came in as a freshman and just absolutely dominated there. I mean, she started all but two games. She had one of the best goalie seasons in history at um, at Webster. And I think that she's just going to build on that for her sophomore season. Now, this is a bold prediction because her building on that freshman season is probably not the most likely thing to happen. You know, she was one of the best goalies in, in the country last year. For that to happen again, you know, that's a little iffy. So I think she will build on it for this bowl prediction. And she's just going to absolutely tear the slack apart and win the defensive player of the year. Moving on, Bernie, our level three bowl predictions. We're taking a shot in the wind. Bernie, let it all out. What is your level three bold prediction? The level three, the bold prediction, the boldest prediction is that Ben Swords could possibly break the Webster's single-season home run record. This record right now sits at 17. But, but, Ben Storrs, or 2019, was a first-team all-conference. And 
none of those guys is just a pure hitter. Billy Bean has said good hitters will develop power. He is now, he's, uh, I believe he's a senior this year, right? Yep. He's a senior this year. He has had the time to develop his power. And this year, going out on a limb, that he could take a run at the Western single season home run record. And Bernie, this is pretty crazy. Obviously, his uh, career high is seven home runs, the record 17. But Bernie, what do you think these guys have been doing since the season got shut down in March? Oh, they've been just they've been working working out with each other, you know, getting bigger, getting stronger. They've been working out, Bernie. They've been in that especially, gym. Yeah, go ahead. I'll say, especially for like Ben Sorch, who is a senior. This is his last run. I think he's been doing everything possible to get ready for the season. These guys, since the season's been shut down, I talked to Zach Goodman about it. I've seen it on social media. Since the season got shut, got shut down, these guys have just been working out in the gym getting bigger, getting stronger. Ben Swords, he is a great hitter. I think that you look at guys who hit a lot of home runs, a lot of them start as great hitters, and they develop power. They step into it. He went from hitting one home run in his sophomore year to seven in his junior. I think he can take a similar leap. You know, maybe he doesn't get to 17, but I don't think that is what what has to happen. I know that's the bold prediction, but I think, that the more important lesson to take from this is that I think he's going to have a monster power year where those balls that he was hitting that were, you know, two hopping the wall off the wall, those balls are going to go out this year. I mean, he's bigger, he's stronger. And I think Bernie that obviously it's a level three bowl prediction. We don't really think it's going to happen, but I think it could Bernie. I think this is a great selection. Ben swords. He's the best hitter on the team. He's got the pop. He's gotten bigger. I don't think this is a crazy prediction, Bernie. I love it. All right. My level three bold prediction is that the women's basketball team will make it all the way to the NCAA Division Three Sweet 16. They haven't done so since back in 2001. They haven't won a NCAA tournament game since 2001. But I think this is the roster that can make a run again this year. You know, the story last year was that these girls who went from two years ago being a team that just barely lost in the Slack tournament. Last year, the storyline before the season was now they've played together for a year. Now they're going to put it all together. And they did. They made it to the NCAA tournament. They lost in the first round, but they made it there. And they at least made the game competitive in that NCAA tournament game. Now they've all played together for two years. Obviously, you're losing J.C. Morgan but I'll talk about that in a second. I think that these girls are going to be even better. They know the system, Webster women's basketball. They play a certain type of defense that's tough to learn. I was talking to Addie Beesink the other day, and she was telling me how the freshmen, they're having trouble learning the defense, you know, because it's a complicated defense. That's why they're one of the best at it in the entire SLAC is because it's a hard defense to learn, which makes it a hard defense to play against. I think this defense is going to take a step forward from last year. And I think their offense is going to take a step forward because B-Sync's a year older and a year better. Naomi Johnson stepping into her senior year. They have Julie Bodendistel, who, as a freshman, really did a great job kind of supplementing um, the injury they had. I, man, that's another name I forgot. They had a big injury last year, and Julie Bodendistel came in and really was a huge asset for them. Um, so I think that all those players are going to take a step forward. And I think that it's not crazy to think they could make a run in the NCAA. 
Jason Morgan being gone, yes, it's a huge loss. It's hard. It's going to be hard to replicate her scoring. But when you look at what she did with assists, she's one of the best assist players in all time. Look at her steal. She's one of the best steals player of all time. Lauren Freeman, who's going to be a junior this year, has been about as good as J.C. Morgan was in assists and steals over her playing time. I think if you give Lauren Freeman the reins, let her be the starting point guard and let her try to do what she does with trying to steal on ball defense and then also being the ball controller and passing, I think she can put up very similar numbers to J.C. Morgan and really kind of supplement what you lost in J.C. Morgan. Now, Freeman is not the score that J.C. Morgan is. Although we saw in the um, in the Slack championship game, Freeman can shoot at times, but she's not the score J.C. Morgan was. So you're going to have to find those points somewhere else. I think they're going to go to Naomi Johnson, but we'll see. You got to find them somewhere else. I think Freeman is very underrated coming into this year. I think she's a sleeper, and I think she could lead the team in assists and steals and really make it so that we don't miss J.C. Morgan as, as much as we think they're going to. The second reason, Bernie, I could have, I think it would have been suffice to say that they were going to win one game in the NCAA tournament. The reason I think they're going to win two, Bernie, is that after you beat, because they're probably going to be lower seeded. If they win their first game, Bernie, the second game they play is going to be a lower seed, right? Oh, yeah. So I think that the second game they play is going to be easier than the first one. They can upset the – obviously, the, the, the battle is going to be upsetting their first game. They played DePau this year. If they play DePau again next year, that's one of the top teams in Division Three basketball. If they can win that game, the second game is going to be something way easier that, that they're going to be more used to. And I think they can knock off that one as well and make it to the Sweet 16 for the first time since 2001. So, to recap our bold predictions – Bernie for level one said Kyler Kent is going to break his own single season hit record. Lauren Bork for me is going to lead the Slack and kills level two. Bernie said Ross and Etienne was going to be the Slack player of the year. I said that Taryn Banfield will win the Slack defensive player of the year and level three. Bernie's got Ben Swords breaking the Webster single season hit record. And I have the women's basketball team making it to the NCAA sweet 16. So that's going to do it. That's our award previews and also our bold predictions for the 2021 season. Bernie, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me, Robbie. And Bernie's going to be on the show consistently. Can't wait to have him. Bernie Boy, analyst for LockedUp.com. Again, check out, if you missed it, on Monday, we had an episode with Zach Goodman recapping 2019-2020. This upcoming Friday, I'm going to be sitting with Kira Gensel to preview the volleyball season, which begins on Saturday, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked Up Podcast. For Brandon Burnstill and Robbie Floyd, thank you for joining us, and we'll talk to you all next time.